You are listening to the Out of Pit podcast. Hey, hey, oddballs. Welcome to the Odd and Off Pete podcast. Woohoo! <laughs> <laughs> We're adding very sophisticated sound effects in 2019. <laughs> if you're new to the program, it is hosted by myself, Mr. Matthew Baker, and the ever frolicsome Louis Fox. <laughs> frolicsome? Yeah. Sounds like you can go to jail for that. <laughs> <laughs> for frolicsoming? Yeah. Like, uh, what, you, what are you in for? Frolicsome? <laughs> It's illegal. Uh, you probably and... wouldn't want to say that if you went. That's why you went into jail. That's definitely something. You're like, I murdered my wife. <laughs> you want to keep the frolicsome on the DL. Yeah, I don't know why people go into prison for like something stupid. Like, jay- I don't know, you go for jaywalking, but was well, like a crime. It's your third, if it's your third yeah. strike, but like you would have to lie at some point. Like you'd be like, yeah, I murdered a family of nine. Yeah, or, or it'd be like super white collar. I took down Walmart. Or, yeah, right. Like a drive-by shooting, and I killed a puppy. Yeah. Oh no, you don't want to do I that. I strangled a puppy. You know what they do to people who killed puppies in prison, right? <laughs> it's the worst. Yeah. So we are a podcast that shares weird yet interesting news stories to make your life more mysterious. Give you all sorts of stuff to chat about at the barbershop or the hair salon. Yeah. So thanks so much for tuning in. Uh, How's it been going with you, Louie? Anything going on that's cool? I mean, I went to the Mutter Museum. That was pretty awesome. Nice. Uh, Those of you who don't know what the Mutter Museum is. Is it Mutter or Muter? I, I've heard it pronounced differently. I think okay. I don't know if the guy was German or it's got the umlauts over. It does the U. have the double dot above the U, so it is a little misleading. M smiley face emoticon T T E R. I just call it the Mutter Museum because yeah. I'm American. <laughs> that's well. That's what the lady who sold me my ticket called it. The Mutter or the Mutter. Mutter. She called it the Mutter Museum. Yeah. Well, then that's fine. She also didn't seem to like her job though. <laughs> Well, it, what it is, it's it's a medical anomaly museum in Philadelphia. It's fantastic. It's probably one of the best museums I've been to. Yeah, it's pretty sweet. And it has a variety of different abnormalities of fetuses. It has Chang and Ang, the famous Siamese twins. It has their connection chest ligament. Yep. It has the world's largest colon. Which is pretty awesome. <laughs> yeah, a guy had... I forget what All the, this time I thought the world's largest colon was my ex-stepdad. Yeah, it was. it's massive, too. It's like you see it and you're like, oh my God, how could that person live like that? Yeah. Um, but it just has this guy was a medical doctor and who specialized in abnormalities, medical abnormalities in the eight, late 1800s. And and he treated everybody and every disease that was sort of unusual, which was a lot at that particular time. Mm-hmm. He was the guy that they they went to. Now, why do you think there's less uh, unusual diseases now? I think they they catch them earlier. They, well, like they say, the Chang and Ang, right? The Chang and Ang were connected by just a ligament that was... Uh, between their two chests, and they said that if that would happen today, they would have just cut it. And yeah, it pair would, of scissors. Yeah, they would have. Those gone guys were on. one bicycle accident away from being two separate people. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> and so they say that it would have just been fine because it was yeah. just a tissue or whatever. But they didn't know that at the time, and there was no sort of X-rays ah. to sort of determine it. And so they just didn't cut it, and yeah. they lived their lives. Back then, X-rays were reserved for uh, shoe sizing. <laughs> it's true. <laughs> Not medicine. <laughs> Making sure your Oxfords fit properly. So what was the coolest thing that you saw there? What was your takeaway? Well, so my takeaway, I thought the people seeing the museum were interesting. I think all that stuff is beautiful and gorgeous. And it's, you know, how often do you get to see your inside? Like, Absolutely. But so many people were just freaked out by the side of a appendix. Yeah. And you're like, it's an appendix. It's yeah. No big deal. 
it's just fascinating that they kept all this stuff from the late 1800s. Lots of fetal deformities, mm-hmm. every imaginable fetal deformity yes. that you can think of. Yeah, it's just it's wild. They have like one of the, a skeleton of a woman who wore her bustier like her whole life, and you see sort of the effects that the how bustier, it how it squunched her in. Yeah, uh, as as the uh, the guy the where his bones fuse. Yes. It fused together to his joints, so he had no joints. Yeah. Oh, I'm trying to remember the exact story that was on the placard. It was a rare disease. Yeah. And this guy couldn't really walk or move, and it happened, I think, before, by the time he was a teenager, all his joints had been fused into bone. Yeah, and he specifically wanted to donate his body yeah. to help people who might have this to help science understand. Yeah, and I don't think anyone's ever had it since. <laughs> no, because there's another one at the National Museum of Health and Science. Oh, gotcha. So, which is another great museum, and uh, it's in Maryland. It's, it's in Silver Springs, Silver Spring, Maryland, which yeah. right outside of D.C. It's a Smithsonian museum, and it is. Uh, it's a lot like the Mutter Museum, and except it's it, free, and it feels more corporate. Yeah, it does. It's it's sort of a little more sanitary. Yeah. Whereas the Mutter Museum's like feels like it's in an old like sort of like a <laughs> library, exactly. Like a book library. a book li- it's a book library, the old book library, <laughs> the old book library. <laughs> you know, and like a book study. Is like what the I want Amish to say. use it looks the book like, library. It looks like like a very like rich antebellum house yeah book den or something <laughs> the old book den right i mean it's, it's, it's in a bear it's den like, i feel like you'd be like smoke a pipe and you know yeah you have some cocktails in there but the cool thing about the one that's in silver spring maryland is that it not only has a, has a lot of civil war yes. uh sort of injuries and bones and uh, skull fragments but it mm. also has the bullet that killed abraham lincoln yeah that's sitting there you can take a peek at that uh, they also have the probe that found the 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 uh, bullet. Do they have his top hat in there too? That he I don't he recall was, seeing was, the top hat. But he they had a piece of his uh, skull there. Yes, they had a fragment they had a of, his of his skull with some hair still, I believe. Yes, that was. I think the placard says it was found on the floor in the operating room. <laughs> Can you imagine? You're like the presidential historian that's you know following along, and then the, then the president gets killed, and your job is to catalog the gunk off the floor. Yeah, right. I would think out of all the historical American artifacts the bullet that killed abraham lincoln or the bullet the magic bullet that killed jfk yeah but i think lincoln because it was only one shot it was one shot and i think that's got to be the crown jewel of any of your murder murder memorabilia i think anything (laughs) like what else tops that that, yeah, I mean, it changed. The Declaration of Independence, maybe? I'd rather have the bullet that killed well, Lincoln. Well, because dec- there's only one bullet that killed Lincoln. Yeah, that's true. Where there's 83 declarations of independence. Yeah, yeah. But then I went to Ford Theater that was closed. Uh, oh, so before that, I went to a cemetery where uh, John Wilkes Booth was buried uh, in an unmarked grave in his family's plot. Uh, and so people leave Lincoln Penny's head side up on his grave to torment his spirit. Wait, so, but is when if the head side is facing the sky... So that the viewer can see it. Gotcha. So I would think that they would put the Lincoln face down, down to, facing to the, his body and in hell where he is. Yeah, no, no, huh. that's not how it's done. Uh, and then, so I did a little research on that to figure out exactly what the pennies were for. Uh. And it said, at the stage door of Ford's Theater, people leave them... Lincoln side down if you're pro John Wilkes Booth. Gotcha. Who A, who is pro John Wilkes Booth? People who are still want to segregate the South. <laughs> people, people who are like, you remember that guy who killed someone 300 years ago? <laughs> Probably like people who still fly, fly Confederate flags, I would think, are okay. pro John Wilkes Booth. Uh, yeah, okay, I feel you there. Yeah. So, uh, Bo and Luke Duke. <laughs> and, and, 
Well, it's too bad that it was uh, closed when you were there because it's a pretty fascinating museum yeah. to hear about the whole plan to not only kill Lincoln, but to kill the vice president, kill... Uh, there was a couple governors and senators mm-hmm. that were all the works to kill them all at once. Yeah. And only they only got Lincoln. And because one guy was drunk, the guy who was supposed to kill the vice president was like drunk and forgot to go. Another guy <laughs> bailed. Uh, and one one guy, I, I forget what he was. He was maybe like a Supreme Court justice or something. He got strangled, but oh. he didn't die. And it was unrelated to this conspiracy. No, <laughs> that was just that was, was just, Thursday. That was just living in 1870. <laughs> yeah, so it's pretty fascinating. The woman who was sort of housed all these people, all these conspirators, mm-hmm. uh, she was the first woman to be hung by the United States government. Ah. And uh, yeah, pretty fascinating stuff. Yeah, I don't. I mean, I had a blast down there seeing all this stuff. Yeah. So, what was your favorite? The you went to Johnny X Grave, which is a fam- very famous half man sideshow yep. person. And, the, and then I also saw the grave of the guy who who patented the Ouija board. Oh, that's cool. Same graveyard, right? Same graveyard. Yeah. yeah. Um, and so the back of his his headstone is a Ouija board. I wonder if do anybody do did you do the Ouija board while you were? I there? I kind of wanted to buy one to put it up against it. And was his, what was his last name? Ouija or no, no. The story I always heard about it was it was always like the spirit talking thing and then during like World War 1 the materials were rationed so he patented it, it as a communication device oh, yeah, yeah. which was exempt from all these rationings yeah and so that's how he was able to patent it uh-huh. it wasn't a magic tool it was for communicating psychically with with soldiers in Germany that's amazing I, w- I wish you would have done the Ouija board while you were there. That would have been fascinating. Yeah, yeah. So I always love a cemetery when you walk in. The guy's like, you need to sign in. So you sign in. And they hand you a map. And he like hi- starts highlighting oh, crap cool. to go see. Yeah. And, yeah, and yeah. then he washes your, your windshield. <laughs> he starts squeegeeing it. <laughs> <laughs> like, no tip. I'm like, what? Uh, so the Modern Museum, the National Museum of Health and Science. Yep. Oh, I found the house I was born in. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, that was pretty sweet. All Still right. there. Yeah. Ma- mo- the more amazing thing was my mom was able to get me the address like it was nothing. Really? Well, for, I mean, she, 40 years ago. She lived there. That, I mean, for, that, for a year. Well, still. <laughs> you know, you have letters sent there. It's in your long-term memory, I would imagine. What was your address when you were a kid? I've only lived in one house when I was a kid. My parents still live in the same uh, house okay. I grew up in. So what's the address? 2689 Donegal. <laughs> okay. It's easy. My parents still have the same phone number, too, right? <laughs> Since I was a kid. Yeah. I mean, we live in a weird world now where your phone number you have now is your phone number for the rest of your life. Not really, no. You can change it anytime you want. You can, but are you going to? No. Maybe. I don't know. I've had the same number for 10 years. My parents have had it. I mean, I'm 37, so they've had it for at least 40 years. Wow. That's bananas, right? Yeah. I think at some point you just get grandfathered in, right? You just have to you stop paying. Like I think at yeah. 30 years at the... At one number, they just should give it to you. So my wife's great-grandmother, who died a few years ago, had a, had a party line. Oh, that's cool. And you couldn't, you couldn't, for years, you wouldn't be able to get this, but she could pick it up and there could be someone on it. She would have to wait. Wow. It was some weird grandfathered-in program <laughs> for a bunch of old grandmothers. <laughs> that's awesome. All right, well, that's pretty cool. So check out uh, those museums if you're on the East Coast. Um, hi, we highly recommend them, especially yep. if you're in. If you're into our podcast, you're pro- you'll probably be into the weird and unusual stuff that they're displaying at the museum. Yep. So be sure to check them out. Um, you like to get to the stories? Let's do it. All right.
let's get to some weird news. This story comes from the oddity section in APnews.com. That's a news source more reliable than a brake shoe made by WD-40. What's a brake shoe? That makes your car stop. Oh. (laughs) All right. Well, this story goes, man put clothes ID on stand-in corpse in $2 million scheme. I like this. I like this a lot. I like anything that's like a reverse weekend at Bernie's. (laughs) So this comes from Minneapolis, Minnesota, where it says a Minnesota man accused of faking his own death seven years ago to collect a $2 million life insurance policy arranged for a stand-in corpse to be dressed in his clothes in Moldova, according to a judge detention order. Wow, this is like an international crime. It's crazy. It reaches around the world. I love this. Why Moldova? though that's so random i wonder like that's where you buy dead bodies (laughs) (laughs) russian moldova ranks number one at vodka production that dance where they squat and kick out the leg and uh in corpse (laughs) for sale it's on their their tourism page it's like would you like the corpse packaged uh the uh what's the what happened when you have sex with dead people Oh, the ne- ne- necro- necrophilia. necrophilia. Would you like the corpse package? Would you like the necrophiliac package? <laughs> I think it says a lot about both of us as humans that we didn't know the word necrophilia right off the bat. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe that's where they go, you know, to practice Viking funerals, right? Because uh, you got to practice it, you know, shooting at the corpse going down the river. Yeah, right? you can't like, do that with mannequin. Mannequin don't sail right. No, no. Throws a whole wind off. <laughs> The trajectory's uh, <laughs> not right. So Igor Vorotinov. Could fit- you get a more Russian stereotypical name than that? Oh, really? Is that Russian? I, I sounded uh, Minneapolis to me. Yeah, <laughs> sounds very Norse. <laughs> Igor Vorotinov. Fit- I live in Minnesota. I, don't, I, I can count the guys named Igor I've met on zero hands. <laughs> also, Igor, 54, also planted his identification on the body before placing the corpse along a road in the Eastern European country, a U.S. judge said, in rejecting Voratinov's request to be freed pending trial. I like how that's the one thing. If he didn't put the ID on a random... It's not the murder that took place and the stealing of the body. It's the putting the ID yeah. in the pocket. Well, they call that like an overabundance of evidence, right? Ah. And the life insurance policy is stapled to the corpse's <laughs> you know, suit. He's got a big chest tattoo This is I am Igor. Call this woman to collect. His Facebook page is just his corpse. <laughs> they really had to weekend at Bernie's him around. U.S. Magistrate Judge Catherine M. Menendez ruled Wednesday that Voratinov posed too great a flight risk. In her ruling, Menendez said Voratinov showed substantial resourcefulness and cunning. I don't think that's super resourceful because if you were going to fake your death, you'd get a corpse and you'd put your ID on it. Like, that's just what you would do. What do you mean that's not resourceful? The guy went to another country and got a corpse, moved the corpse around. If I were to Google where to buy a body, Moldova's going to come up number one. No. And it'll be a sponsored you ad. A, you know how hard it is to get a dead body in the United States? That's go why to... you had to go to Moldova. <laughs> maybe that's why. That's maybe it's, it's very random. I mean, I don't know if he's from there or what. Moritanov was indicted in 2015 on one count of mail fraud. I don't even know where you would get a dead body you'd have to get into moldova right you couldn't trans you can't like check it in at the uh the airport <laughs> you can't like take someone's bag <laughs> you can't be like well do you have anything to declare uh, I, w- I was on a flight where there was a body under the plane oh really and the plane was met by a hearse how do you oh that's how you know the that's body how was yeah i i mean i assume it was 
a body that was being transferred. It's just a very weird and a human size macabre <laughs> way of transporting luggage between airplanes. Yeah, our golf cart broke down. So we got <laughs> throw them in the back. Oh, the Adams family needed some new work. Yeah, <laughs> that hearse that's outside the haunted house makes money year round at the airport. Absolutely. So I did a quick uh, Google search on where to find a body, uh-huh. uh, and I went to cadaverforsale.com. Of course, naturally. And I put in uh, what I think are pretty much accurately describes you. Uh-huh. Um, your body's worth $4,000 and $4,060. $4,000? Yeah. Man, I c- I'll sell my body right now. For four grand. Four grand, yeah. yeah like I need a new laptop. Yeah. Does it have to be a dead? It's cadaver, right? Or <laughs> No, it's, it's you as a, as a slave. <laughs> I would like to think I'm more than I was a slave more than four thousand dollars. <laughs> four grand, that's pretty good. Yeah. This guy invested four grand, probably less because he's older. And he's Russian, so that would have had an effect well, on Well, that's him. a weird assumption that you're assuming that he's Russian. Yeah, Igor Murdovotinov. Vorotinov. Yeah. Could be Polish, Ukrainian. <laughs> Very Eastern Europeanist of me. <laughs> in Russian, the meaning of the name Igor is a warrior of peace. Okay. And in Polish, it is? From the Scandinavian name Igyar. Fam- Wait a minute. So he is Minnesotan. That's <laughs> <laughs> what I've been saying, man. <laughs> okay. All right, so Veritanov was indicted in 2015 on one count of mail fraud. He was arrested this month and returned to is, the United States. Is that spelled M-A-I-L or M-A-L-E? <laughs> M-A-I-L. Okay. It should, I'm assuming he's a dude and the corpse was a dude. <laughs> yeah, maybe. <laughs> so it could have been M-A-L-E fraud. <laughs> was your husband a woman? <laughs> It's female fraud. Prosecutors allege in court documents that Voritanov took out the life insurance policy in spring of 2010 and designated then-wife Irina Voritanov as the primary beneficiary. Another strong Norse name. The couple divorced later that year. In 2011, Irina Voritanov, 51, identified a corpse in Moldova as her husband's, prosecutors allege. But he wasn't the husband at that point because they divorced. Correct. She then returned to the U.S. with a death certificate and cremated remains and received a life insurance payment of $2 million. Well, that's solid. Yeah, smart to, to cremate right away. Yeah, right? yeah, because no one wants to be sniffing through that. Yeah, pulling teeth, you know. Well, and it's also cheaper because you got to rent the hearse to meet you at the airport. Yeah, that's true. You could just carry that, carry that dead <laughs> body right in your on. carry-on luggage. So if you mail a dead body... Uh, cremated body, the, the post office puts a sticker on your thing that says uh-huh. cremated remains. Yeah. And I had gotten a hold of, of a roll of that, and uh-huh. so I used to mail everything. Oh, that's amazing. Cremated remains sticker on it. Well, if you are carrying cremated remains, when they ask you at the airport, did anyone pack your baggage <laughs> other than yourself? You're like, kind of? Kind of. Larry's in there? <laughs> yeah, Larry's in there. I don't know what he's been doing. <laughs> I haven't checked on him in the last three hours. Like, how do they respectfully check that? I don't know. Like, if I was smuggling... Well, I w- and how would you even identify it was remains? You're like, I don't know, is this like an ashtray? Yeah, <laughs> I'm just going to start traveling with, with ashes <laughs> and see what they do. Like, this is Grandpa. Well, there's a cool um, Ask TSA on Facebook. Uh-huh. You can message them and be like, I'm traveling with Nana, what do I do? And uh-huh. they'll probably be like, oh, she can walk through the x-ray machine. And I'm like, but she's a corpse. Yeah, put it on the TSA, the, the belt going through. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Nana's not only uh, uh, still ashes and cleared for, for takeoff, she's been uh, sanitized by the x-ray, too. <laughs> I wonder if you could do that. You're like, I wonder how much, because you're, you're not just ash. There's like bone, bone chunks and stuff like that. Yeah. It's not a powder. It's like 
pellets almost, yeah. I think. <laughs> you can throw not, in your garden. Not pellets. It's like, you know, like a weird sort of, like a lot of people think that it's just like dust, right? Yeah. It is, or like an ashtray, but it's not. It's like more of a... Coarse. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Mulch. Yeah. People mulch. It's good. Yeah, it is good for like sunflowers and yeah. uh, compost. <laughs> it's good for compost. <laughs> uh, so she... Uh, Irina, his ex-wife, she then returned to the U.S. with a death certificate, cremated remains, and received a life insurance policy. Money was then transferred to her son and to accounts in Switzerland and Moldova. All right. This is getting deep. Like, okay, I'm starting to give the resourcefulness and cunning. Well, yeah. I mean, so they divorced. She went, but identified. That- she got the money, transferred that money to Switzerland and Moldova, where the United States can't get at it. Yep. She has then pleaded guilty to her role and is serving a three-year sentence. Alkan Voratanov, 28, pleaded guilty to one count and was sentenced to probation. So the the son also got... So she's only got three years and she's probably making a million bucks. No, they probably seized the money. No. What? After the insur- insurance payment was made, prosecutors spoke by phone in May 2016 with Igor Voratanov in hopes of persuading him to return to the U.S., but he told investigators he would rather live with his new love interest on an apple farm, according to the judge's filing. So he's got a new girl, and the old girl sent him the money. That's some, like, loyalty. Wait, so Igor is not in the United States? Nope. He came back for for a hot second, and they grabbed him. Oh, okay. Yeah, because he's in jail right now. Yep. Cause it, oh, this is after the insurance payout was made in 2011. Okay. The identity of the corpse is still unclear, the Minneapolis Star Tribune reported. The scheme also included a 2011 funeral service at a Minneapolis cemetery where an urn was placed in a niche. So a million U.S. dollars, that is 67 million ruples. That's a lot of, that's a lot of ruples. Yep. So many ruples. That's... <laughs> that's <laughs> guys, rolling in ruples. How do you carry that? He's like, I have uh, my apple farm and a bunch of steel, the steel briefcases. <laughs> it's just like, he's got nine briefcases handcuffed to his arm. <laughs> so tests later determined that the re- remains were not Voritanov's, obviously. Well, no, what, uh, why did they even have to test him if he's standing there? Yeah, they're talking to him on the phone. Wouldn't you, if you're going to test something, swab his cheek. Well, maybe they tested it before they indicted the the wife. Uh, okay, right? that makes sense. I wonder how they figured out that when it became suspicious. Uh, Does the yeah. insurance agency send out uh, you know investigator to test the remains? It sounds like they investigated it already because they sent the check. Yeah. So it it seems pretty deep. At some point, he's like, hey, what's up? I'm over here. And then someone who doesn't like him had to rat him out. There are details that are missing from this story. Yeah. So Voritsanov pleaded not guilty Tuesday. He was returned to jail and awaits trial tentatively planned for January. I kind of like I still have family in Minneapolis. I should send my sister over to check out the. Uh, you should see if she can get me a picture go, of it. Yeah. If we can get a court sketch. <laughs> court sketch of him. She could, she could do the chalk rubbing of yeah, his... Yeah, but I hope they have the corpse, too. <laughs> I want to see, like, how, how much alike they look. Okay, but the title says, Man Puts Clothes and ID on the Corpse. So they're assuming that they, he got the corpse somehow, and it was naked, that he put different clothes on. Yeah, that's a weird assumption. I would imagine if I was buying a corpse, it would at least have a bathrobe. Yeah, right? But maybe not. I would get a way better looking corpse. Yeah, you'd be you like, know. dude, he looks better in death than <laughs> yeah. he does in life. Dude, I didn't know how that he had that big a junk. <laughs> that's all. Jeez. 
It's all John Holmes. <laughs> but now, if you were to fake your death, how would you do it? Mm, fire, probably. Fire's a good way. Because it's harder to, you know, your body can, you know, burn up and it's harder to sort of find. Yeah. I think that's, that's more DNA testing, though. It's like you can't identify the body. I think this is almost the way to go is you do it in another country. But I think I'd play the long game and I'd start transferring my social media over to look like a pictures of the dead guy. Uh-huh. Uh, the guy that was going to be murdered and be my stand-in corpse. Well, I'm looking at another website, and there's a picture of Igor Voritanov, and he does look like a uh, weathered Russian man. <laughs> he looks like generic Russian man. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so in this other article, it answers some of our questions. So he was indicted on mail fraud. Uh, authorities arrested him earlier in November in Moldova, where he was turned over to FBI agents from Minneapolis. He was extradited to the United States three days later. Okay. Uh, so his ex-wife, Irina, and their son, Alcon, uh, were convicted for their roles in the plot, and they are under court order to repay the money. Ah. Uh, I wouldn't do it. The money's gone. They can't yeah. seize it. The money... And she just got to put in three years in the in the clink for two... Would you do three million? Three years for three million, or two million. Probably a million. Would I do? Would I do three years in prison for a million dollars? Yep, and that's that's like out the door. But you got to go to Moldova. Uh, probably not. If it was a million a year, I'd do a million a year. So you'd do three million. Give me three million. I'll do three years. I do that. Easy. You're like no problem. No boom. No questions asked. Yeah. No. Easy. Yeah, I would probably catch up on some reading and some writing. <laughs> some, some some man action. Get my yeah. Get my book in order. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're like, think of all the creative projects you could do. Yeah, totally. But you you can't use a pencil. You have to write it in like crayon. <laughs> you have to you have to etch it into the wall yourself. I I I feel like I can make m- maybe close to a million dollars just in jail alone. Yeah, and your side hustle. Yeah, <laughs> selling cigarettes. You know, <laughs> doing street shows. I could probably get like four or five packs of cigarettes up my bum. I think. You think so? In, yeah. the, in the prison wallet. Yeah, I think so. No, but like I had a buddy who who did some time, and he was telling me the amount the, the amount of money that things cost. If you want to get like a pack of cigarettes, you want to get some weed or whatever it is, mm-hmm. it's astronomical the prices. Like he told me that uh, he knew a guy that traded his house for like you know a bag of weed or something. Right? <laughs> wow. Yeah. Like I feel like I could do pretty well. You yeah. know, you get three millions for the three years, and then you know make an extra million on the side, get yeah. a couple houses. Yeah, uh-huh. you, you you start your your conglomerate while <laughs> totally, you're in jail. Totally, your shell companies. Like, <laughs> can you incorporate while you're in the the big house? <laughs> well, it's crazy that this that they indicted the the wife and the son, and they don't know where the body came from. Wouldn't there be a paper trail or something like? Where did they get this body? Yeah, you know, like because they kept the receipt and tried yeah, to write yeah, it out on probably <laughs> taxes. <laughs> All right, so fake and death, good or bad? I think. It's a good thing if you can get away with it. <laughs> there you go. I, you Especially know. if they, if like the guy died of natural causes, they didn't murder him. Yeah, well, that's what I don't. I, some, I just want to know why, how they figured out. I mean, it's, it doesn't say uh, someone had to rat him out. You think so? Yeah, Arena was living, living lavishly. Maybe. I bet the son got drunk and told someone. That's how it, loose lips sink ships. The big question is on his uh, headstone. Or in the urn niche, are they going to change it? Because that's not who's in there. Yeah, right? No, they'll probably just take it off. Well, did you know the guy that's buried in my grandpa's? He was cremated, but in his urn garden at the place he's at. My grandpa's not the name on the headstone. No? 
Yeah. Wait, so your grandfather is in a grave that has the wrong Correct. headstone. Who is it? Well, we don't know. So my my grandpa immigrated here on a stolen identity. Uh-huh. So like if you trace my lineage, my last name's not my last name in China. Yeah. And my grandpa's first name is not the first name. Well, and it's been consistent in your family because you go by a name that's not actually your real name. Yeah, so. but he goes under the name of a, someone that died. <laughs> <laughs> I think that happened a lot, though, back in the day when people came over in the United States. They assumed a different name. Yeah, but he came over on, like, a legit stolen identity. Nice. Like, oh, we have papers that show he's Atu and he's not. So what do you think? If the corpse died naturally and the money went to his, so, so his family got some money, all for this. Yeah. Four grand. Yeah. Just send a million, 1.5 million to the, the corpse's family. You send, you, let's see, you split it four ways, they all get half a million. And so this, this article is vague because it's like, I want to know like how they found the body. Yeah. Like who called it in? It was on the side of a road. Like did it, how they did it die? They like, don't have phones in Moldova. What, what was, That's there, the what first was the problem. autopsy report? What was the cause of death? You know they, what I mean? Like those are all things that don't exist in Moldova. They're like just this guy randomly on the side of the road. He's like, Oh, he died from cancer. It's like, <laughs> what? Yeah. It's like, what's he doing on the side of the road? Sometimes you, when it's, when it's your time, it's your time. Yeah. You just pull over, you ghost ride your car, <laughs> you roll, you, the... you hitchhike somewhere, you have him drop you off and you just, you know, curl up in a ditch That's like, you, a, that, like a cat. Isn't that what you used to do with dog? Like old timey people would drive the dog out in the woods and yeah. let it go. Yeah. That's but kinda... then you don't let the dog die slowly. Oh, yeah, I guess you let it run away. Right? Yeah, and then you're like, go on, get! And then the dog runs away, and then... That is the, the go-to term. Yeah. Go and get. Yeah. Okay. Isn't that a movie? I have no idea. He's trying, like, the dog or the horse is dying, so they're sending him out to the wood, and he's like, go on, get, and the dog keeps coming back. Aw. Yeah. That's nice. Because the dog wants to die at home. All right. Faking death, good if it's positive. Yeah, I, I think so. All right. And now, it's time for Strange Stories from the Time Capsule with Dr. Henry. The Civil War began on the farm of Wilmer McLean, who then moved more than 100 miles away to escape the fighting, only to have the war end inside his new house at Appomattox. It's the Odd and Offbeat Podcast. Hey, hey, oddballs, sorry to interrupt the program, but we just wanted to let you know that we have created a webpage that allows you to support our program financially. Go to our website, oddandoffbeat.com, and click on the Patreon link. That will take you to a page that allows you to donate directly to our program. And not only do you get the amazing feeling of helping two artists create silly content, but you also get some pretty sweet kickbacks. Mm -hmm. We have set up five different tiers of programs to choose from, and you can pick the one that best suits you. They range from $1 to $20 a month, and each tier has different odd and offbeat freebies. We have a monthly bonus up. <clears throat> We have monthly bonus episodes, mystery prizes sent to your doorstep, magic tricks, shout-outs on the podcast, stickers, t-shirts, and much, much more. Oh, so much more. Each of the giveaways are listed on the page so you can see all the sweet stuff you can get. This helps us continue to make this program and unofficially pardons you from all your sins. <laughs> it's more fun than a Hail Mary and actually makes sense. So again, oddandoffbeat.com and click on the Patreon link. Okay, now back to the weird stuff.
Weird news stories, part de. All right, this story comes from Reuters.com. That's a news source more reliable than a Betamax security tape. <laughs> I bet they, those exist. I'm sure they do somewhere. Right? Anyway, so the story starts out, tuna sells for record $3 million in auction at Tokyo's new fish market. And part of me hopes it was like an old, like, tuna that was like vintage 1874 and it's like some old one, but no. Wait, wait, you're saying that the... Like it was like wine. Oh, it's like, oh, this tuna pairs nicely (laughs) with a Pinot Grigio. (laughs) Can you taste the fishiness? (laughs) That's both them going rancid. Okay. (laughs) So this this happens in Tokyo. So three million... For yeah. the whole fish. So what's like the street cut up value? Oh, you, you, if you were to cut it out or cut it with like, Yeah, you, know, you put some oregano yeah. in that bad boy. <laughs> cut it with some bleach in there. <laughs> well, we haven't got to how big it is yet, but I did, did do the math. So here we go. So it goes like this. The owner of a Japanese sushi restaurant chain on Saturday set a record by paying more than $3 million for a bluefin tuna in the year's first auction at Tokyo's fish market, exceeding his own record price of 2013. That's crazy. So the guy who runs a fish, a sushi chain, that's like McDonald's paying $3 million for a cow. Yeah, right? They're like, it's, it's still going to turn into crap sushi. Well, McDonald's doesn't buy beef. They don't buy it enough. Yeah, there's no beef in there's there. There's no what? beef in their hamburgers. What are you talking about? <laughs> Kiyoshi Kimura, who owns the Sushi Zanmai chain, paid 333.6 million yen, $3.1 million, for the 278-kilogram, 613-pound fish caught off the coast of northern Japan's Aomori Prefecture, or double what he had paid six years ago. So that's a tuna that's 613 pounds that he paid $3.1 million for. That comes out to 4,893 dollars per pound away. only in japan is this a thing right yeah like, i imagine they're gonna make a movie out of this and be like tuna zilla ah. <laughs> it'd be funny if he was like i just bought it to release it <laughs> the second place bitter catches it <laughs> like ah the tuna looks so tasty and very fresh but i think i did too much kimura told reporters outside the market later see i think by too much he's referring to he had too much jagger before he went into bid yeah or then he realizes that his wife is going to see the credit card bill and (laughs) can we take a zero off that can i photoshop this bill she always said that i need to spend three million on feeding people Or helping people who are hungry. <laughs> Honey, I, I am. I'm feeding people. I expected it would be between 30 million and 50 million yen or 60 million yen at the highest, but it ended up being five times more. Saturday's event was the first New Year auction of the Toyoso market after the famed Tuskiji fish market shut last year to provide temporary parking for the Tokyo 2020 Summer Olympics. I like how, how isn't that a Joni Mitchell thing about this? You paved the Toyo sushi market and put up a... <laughs> Parking lot? Up a parking lot. <laughs> Kiramura had held the record for top price paid for a single fish at the New Year's auction for six straight years until 2017. But last year, the owner of a different fish restaurant chain paid the highest price. And his family was shamed. For, <laughs> the, for, the high price was the shame of paying the most for a tuna. <laughs> I feel so dishonored that I, I could not pay the highest price in 2017. <laughs> After the auction, the fish was taken to one of 
Sushi Zanmai's branch is located in the old market of Tuskegee. I mean, so that fish is giant, though. If you see the picture, it's it's huge. Like, I think a lot of people don't realize how big a tuna actually yeah, is. It looks like one, an average size tuna. This one is, is massive. Yeah, like, how many days is it going to take? Because I bet when you show up, you're going to pay a premium to eat that fish. I read a separate article where it said that he was, that day that he purchased it, you know. New Year's Day, I think. I think it was New Year's Day. Uh, that he was taking it to his restaurants and people could then buy a slice of the world's largest tuna ever caught. I wonder if it's like the opening of an In-N-Out burger. There's going to be a line around the block <laughs> to, to eat this tuna. Maybe. And there'll be protesters. Tuna lives matter! Would you, would you wait 30 minutes in line to have a piece of the world's largest tuna ever caught? What else do I have going that day? Tuna is prized around the world for its use in sushi, but experts warn growing demand has made it an endangered species. Uh, overfishing, I imagine they might make a comeback considering that this tuna zilla is now gone it's probably he was the predator of most tuna yeah he was taking all their food he's away pro- well he's probably eating all of them the biggest threat to tuna though is uh subway's uh five dollar foot long tuna melt on mondays that's not tuna that's like mostly just water with like <laughs> isn't that what tuna is, is it water? water is it i don't know it lives in the water you are what yeah, you oh, swim yeah, in yeah because uh, tuna is wet right it's yeah like wet meat yeah that's kind of a weird thing to say wet meat what's another wet meat salmon <laughs> Octopus? <laughs> yeah, true. <laughs> Gravy? <laughs> Gravy is the original wet meat. <laughs> All right, so what would you pay for the world's largest tuna, Louis? Like to, to eat or to buy the whole fish? Both. I would pay seven ninety nine for one little sushi roll. Okay. Uh, yen, though, not American dollars. Okay, so uh, you're making money on this. <laughs> yes. And then for the big one, that big one, though, I'd probably go 500000 You would pay $500,000 to buy the world's largest tuna? Yes. Man, I got to go tuna fishing. Yeah, but then I would I would sell it to the, like, the CEO of Starkist. Be like, you could have this. Keep it away from this guy. <laughs> uh, I would probably not buy either. You, okay. <laughs> Gun to your head. <laughs> what would you pay? Uh, to buy the world's largest tuna? I, I, for, I might buy it for my museum taxidermy it. Okay. 400 bucks. What would you pay the tax attorney guy? <laughs> Probably about five hundred bucks. Yes, I'm, I'm still under a thousand bucks. But then that's your value. I say two point nine million. <laughs> that's your value. Come see the world's largest tuna. Yeah, yeah. Now in the picture of it, the guts are cut out. So I'm curious if it was weighed before or after the guts were taken out. Well, no. In this picture that I'm looking at, the guts aren't cut out. It's just the belly sliced open. So yeah, I don't know. that's when you take the guts out. Oh, okay. It's a Japanese fish. Maybe it wanted to go out honorably. Yeah. <laughs> and it took a samurai sword and just he's seen some stuff itself. In, he's seen some stuff in tuna jail. <laughs> he's got t- tuna t- teardrop it tattoos. It is pretty big. I mean, it's on. It's taking up the whole table that they have. It looks like you could crawl inside it, like uh, Luke Skywalker did that thing. I would pay. You would pay me four hundred dollars to crawl inside it. I'd probably pay a thousand bucks to sleep inside of a tuna for a night. Oh, uh, really? If I could fit inside, if if the tuna was that big, I would pay at least a grand. To and sleep it's slowly inside. going rancid around you. Yeah, I'm sure they figured it out. They're, you know, they're trying to make <laughs> if they're, money. If they're going to charge you a grand, <laughs> they figured out it, it going bad around you. So, do we think this guy? I I mean, at five thousand dollars a pound, I mean. This is all a publicity stunt anyway. So I think I think he got more publicity and it was it was he was bidding against the guy that beat him last year. Yeah. So just recognition by being the richest sushi guy and yeah. being getting, being able to get the best It was the essentially, best, the it, was essentially it was a dong off yeah. between him and another guy. Yeah. And between two Asian guys is not pretty. 
<laughs> Between the two of them, they might have a full-size dog. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> All right. Well, I think <laughs> they went head mu- to head. That's a little uh, mutt. Uh, we'll cut that one out. <laughs> All right. I like that one. That's it for today's episode. For more information and links to the news stories that we discussed, go to our website. That's oddandoffbeat.com. You can visit us on all the social media, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and you can also visit us in person by visiting Matt's house. Yeah, anytime. You're more than welcome. You have to figure Keys out. under the mat. Yeah, don't, don't say that. Now I'm going to have to, I'm gonna have to move the key. All right. Uh, more than welcome to come hang out with us anytime, folks. Uh, but if you want, check out our weekly meme contest. Uh, we post it on what Louis just mentioned, all the social sites. And we post a funny photo. You leave a caption. Best caption wins some swag. That's right. You get all sorts of awesome stuff I've been stocking up this week. You may get some of my, uh, <laughs> some of my Nana's ashes. <laughs> <laughs> just a little drizzle of ashes. Yeah. Sprinkle it on. <laughs> You'll get her ashes in an Etch-A-Sketch. <laughs> yeah. That's that's what I want in my will. <laughs> like, what do you want? A natural burial? Etch a sketch. Etch a sketch. Or make an incense stick out of my ashes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so the funniest caption wins a prize. We send it out uh, weekly. So you can see that on our website, oddandoffbeat.com, or on what Louie mentioned, Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. We also post all the meme winners on the website. So if you want to see past meme winners, get an idea of what we like. Yep. Uh, so check that out. Where can the fine people who are listening see Louis Fox this week? Oh, I've got an easy week. I have zero shows this week, hey, so I'm awesome. off. However, on um, February 4th, I'll be um, running my first meeting as president of the Seattle Magic Club. That's right. It's a pretty big accomplishment. I would imagine it goes like America's Got Talent, very low. Yeah. Well, on my credits list, I'm deleting everything else. <laughs> Just the <laughs> president, president of Seattle Magic. And what does one have to do to become the president of the Seattle Magic Club? So I showed up to a meeting last month, and I was the only person there that was eligible to be president. What, what makes you eligible? Uh, I had can form I, a complete sentence. Yeah. You can grow a full mustache. <laughs> I can't. Oh, okay. Well. <laughs> that would disqualify me. <laughs> I can't grow a full mustache. That's why. <laughs> now, um, You're married. You've actually talked to a woman. Yes. I, yes. <laughs> as far as they know, <laughs> they've never met her. She could be my wife in Canada. Ah, or, this is true. No. So I was the only person that, that day that was eligible to, to, to do it. So I hadn't been president in the last two years and I didn't currently hold office. Term limits are two years. Yeah. Do you have to have a campaign do you have to I, have just, someone... I just my campaign was showing up and does he have to have someone nominate you or is this like hey louis hasn't been president I, that was exactly how it happened i was told i was gonna be it so. oh wow what is what is your responsibilities as president of the seattle magic club i think i just show up and i go all right we're, we call it to order and then do we, you have a gavel i i'm gonna get a gavel you better get a gavel bam i run that with an iron Make a gavel. gavel up here yeah ta-da bam, yeah <laughs> Call to order. Yeah. Uh, and I kind of host the meeting is my main job. And yeah, are you sitting at a table? Yeah. Well, we meet at a library. We meet at the uh, Mercer Island Library at uh, 7 o'clock. Oh, man. Sometimes we get the big meeting room. Sometimes the small one. We don't know. 
we were last month when I was what elected. Is, what do you guys talk about in your magic meetings? Well, so basically it's like, hey, here's what's like, if there's anything noteworthy in town to go check out magic related, you talk about that. Oh, interesting. There's current li- events. There's a little bit of finance because the club has their club dues. Ooh, do you get paid as a president? No. Can you, can you make new laws? Yes, I can make new laws like uh, drunk driving. Cool. You're like, for my first year, we're having a government shutdown. No more meetings. No card tricks. Uh, Yeah, so that's uh, that's what I'll be doing. It's pretty sweet. Yeah, that's cool. So go check that out. Yeah, come swing by. Do some card tricks. Uh, What are you up to? I am on vacation in Tanzania. Oh. Yeah, I'm going to be on vacation from the 31st to the 21st. So if you want to join Matt on vacation, <laughs> swing by. Come find me in Tanzania. Yeah. I'll be hanging out. Keys under the mat. <laughs> <laughs> I'll leave a ticket for you at, under the mat under if you the want. Mat. Plane ticket under the mat. Uh, so yeah, I'm pretty excited. I've been to Africa a few times, but never been to Tanzania. And it was one of the best places to go so see you safari. So are you getting immunized to things? Do you, you don't go to the doctor anyway. No, no. What's a doctor? <laughs> You're not going to get like the... I've been to more prostitutes than I've been to doctors. <laughs> and they all were on... While you are on your parents' insurance. <laughs> and I got I- immunized by them also. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, no, I did not get... I should probably look that up, though. Yeah, you go to the travel doctor and they're like, you should take, you know, the typhoid pills or whatever. Okay. It's a good time I'll when look I went into to that. My, I'll look into that. I got... Uh, when I went to China, he recommended I get like hep B and C shots and typhoid. Is there, is there more hep? Is there like hep F or hep J? I think it's like bra size. It ends at double F. Oh, okay. <laughs> ends at pink double F. <laughs> That's it for today, folks. If but- you, you can contact us with news stories at oddandoffbeat.com. Let us know the biggest bra size you're aware of. Yeah, please do. Because uh, we're too lazy to Google that. School us on that <laughs> because we're dudes and we're dumb. So. Yeah. Uh, and you can do that info at onoffbeat.com. If you like the program, please subscribe. Tell your friends. If you could, you know, shout out on maybe a Facebook post or comment. That would help us out quite a bit. Yeah. If you know someone with double F bra, you yell it in one cup and it'll echo out to the people behind you. Boom. So thanks so much for listening, folks. We hope you have a weird week. We are out. Bye. Gracias por escuchar el podcast de Odd and Offbeat. Today's show was sponsored by Neck Tattoos. Nothing sets people at ease more than a nice neck tattoo. Get one today.